Shalom, Salam, greetings of peace. This is Harlem University Radio, and uh, I am Naeem Abdurafi. This is uh, a live broadcast taking place Tuesday, the 19th, uh, April 19th, 2022, um, at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this uh, this show will uh, be uploaded to the Anchor podcast platform and distributed by Anchor to other uh, podcast platforms. So you would go to Anchor if you want to be able to access this uh, show by means of podcasts. You'd go to anchor.fm and look for Harlem University Radio. So our our purpose here is encouraging the reading of what should be read, encouraging the writing should be written. Um, This is our mission. Harlem University professors share memoirs they are writing and history they are reading. You, you, yes, you, are invited to join the faculty. No degree necessary. So to learn more about that, you might go to the um, Facebook page, Harlem University Radio, or the um, connect uh, with me at, uh, at Twitter. Radio Harlem 1, the numeral 1, Radio Harlem 1. So tonight, we are going to continue our discussion of the Roman Empire, Uh, the the subject tonight is the demise of the Republic and... uh, movement toward the uh, the empire uh, in, 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 in real, in, uh, in, in, in truth. And um, the period we were talking about tonight is roughly uh, 133 BC to 127 um, BC. So we won't be going quite that far, not all the way to 127, but we'll be starting at about 133 BC. So again, uh, the subject is the demise of the Republic and movement toward the, the an actual empire, uh, movement toward uh, um, autocracy, actually. All right. So we are um, we're reading from a book published in 1936. Um, John C. Winston Company, Philadelphia. The authors of which um, professors Albert Kerr Heckel and 
James G. Sigmund. The title of the book, On the Road to Civilization, A World History. Again, published in 1936. Um, We're in chapter 14, and we won't be going very far, possibly as long as a half hour, um, maybe a little more. Uh, Chapter 14, uh, the title is The Gradual Change from Republic to Empire. Um, In section one, the title is Evil Effects of Roman Conquests. Topic, Rise of a New Wealthy Class. The foreign wars roam rich. Vast indemnities, indemnities were wrung from conquered peoples. Tribute and spoils of war poured into the city. The provinces made heavy payments in money and farm products. There were, hold on for a second, okay. There were profits from public lands and mines. The conquest yielded tens of thousands of captives who were made slaves. But these new sources of wealth did not enrich all Romans, although their resulted although their exalted uh, resulted extreme ex- extremes of personal wealth. There were also extremes of poverty. The rich became richer, the poor became poorer. A new kind of class struggle resulted. The bitter conflict in the young republic between patricians, uh, that is the the well-to-do, and plebeians, the, the common people, had ended. Now there developed a contest between the rich and the poor. Decline of the farmer class. Agriculture had been the leading occupation of early Rome. The backbone of her society was that class of free farmers who owned and cultivated small estates, maintaining their economic independence by raising, uh, by the raising of grain. The strength of the army and of the popular assembly rested on this honest and robust foundation. But because of wars, agriculture gave way gradually to big business. Many of the peasant farmer class had been killed off. And during Hannibal's long occupation of Italy, numerous small estates were ruined by his, op- by his operations. Hannibal, uh, we covered this a couple of weeks ago, he was in the southern portion of Italy for I think about 14 years uh, preparing to attack Rome, uh, which did not happen. Also, Rome also Rome began um, to receive cheap tributary grain from her provinces. <clears throat> the Italian farmer, not being able to compete with the low prices, lost his farm to his rich neighbor. The, land, the large landowner found it profitable to turn his estates into pasture land for great, her, for great herds of cattle, sheep, 
goats, and swine. The free farmers also suffered from the immense increase in cheap slave labor, which had resulted from the wars. Unable to meet this changed situation, the small farmers were squeezed off their lands and drifted into Rome, where they became an idle, restless, and degenerate city rabble. There were no new occupations to employ the growing population of the cities in those times, as there are today. When new in, in, uh, today, when new inventions do much to solve the unemployment problem, Rome had to provide her unemployed with free food and, and, and keep them contented with free gladiator, gladiatorial games for their amusement. Topic, slave system, its disastrous effects. The slave class had increased until slaves outnumbered free men in, in the state. Large landowners had found their slave supply inadequate and, and not, not longer depending on war captives alone. Okay, again, large land, landowners, landowners um, had found their slave supply inadequate and no longer depending on war captives alone had developed a slave hunting has had developed slave hunting as a regular system professional slave hunters and slave dealers made raids on the coast of Syria and the Greek islands and tax gatherers in the provinces kidnapped and sold provincials in the slave markets in the market at, at, at Delos, 10,000 10, human beings were sold on a single day. Delos is one of the islands in the Aegean. This servile population represented various classes and abilities. Captives in war, as well as those kidnapped by dealers, might be rich or poor, educated or ignorant. The cultured East furnished slave secretaries, physicians, actors, readers, copyists, musicians, and the like. In the city, slaves were employed as house servants or as artisans who manufactured articles which the master might need for his own use or which he might sell for profit. As is true in any slave system, the lot of the victim depended on the character of the master. It was in the rural districts that slavery was at its worst. The plantations were worked by gangs organized under a driver who was himself a slave. People were branded with hot irons, chained together, and driven forth to work in the fields all day long, while at night they were herded together in underground dungeons. They were treated like beasts, ill-fed, clothed in rags, the victims of inhumane cruelties. Many were nailed to crosses by angry owners and allowed to die. The custom was to push slaves to their limit of endurance and then replace them with a fresh supply. It was cheaper to buy, to buy them than to take care of them. Many, of course, sought relief and suicide, 
Now and then, there arose a leader among slaves who would organize them in revolt. Sometimes the Roman armies had difficulty putting down slave insurrections. In the end, the worst sufferers from the slave system were the Romans themselves. It destroyed the free laboring class and middle class of Rome. These became an embittered city mob, dependent upon the state, yet with little loyalty to it, ready to commit any crime for hire. Political corruption grew and undermined the Constitution, for the unemployed regularly sold their votes to politicians. Elections were carried by wealthy men who won the support of the Roman mob by distribution of free grain, by open bribery, free amusement with wild animal shows, gladiatorial combats, and other spectacles. The proud, the poverty-stricken populace were eager for, quote, bread and games, and were ready to follow any leader who voiced that slogan. Topic, development of class hatred. The old patrician nobility gradually gave way to a new aristocracy of wealth, and the Senate came to be controlled by a few selfish and greedy families. Sharply marked off from from this nobility was a class known as the equities, that is, or knights, to be distinguished from the patricians. Rich, but lacking lacking the character uh, of, of the patricians. These were wealth, wealthy businessmen who monopolized the commercial and mercantile enterprises of the Roman world. They were without political power and therefore hated the selfish senatorial nobility, who in turn hated the equities for their commercial monopoly. But these two classes, classes were detested by the Roman uh, mob, by the Italians outside the city who had been denied representation in the Roman government, by the provincials who were the victims of Roman greed, and by the swarms of slaves to whom the future held out little hope except the possibility of revenge. Topic. Changes in Roman life and manners. The foreign conquests brought influences into Roman life, which worked a change in Roman ideals. The most powerful of these influences was Hellenism. When the first Roman armies entered Greece, the glory of the ancient Greek began to cast its spell over Rome. The results were both good and bad. As we have learned, the superior culture of the captive people stimulated the conqueror's interest in art, philosophy, literature, and other refinements of civilization. Many young Romans, especially those of the higher class, took up the study of Greek and showed an interest in Greek philosophy, political theories, and drama. But the Romans never acquired uh, a genuine taste for the best in human culture. The finer phases of, uh, of Hellenic culture were taken on merely 
as a gloss or veneer. The base influences that came from Roman contact with the East took former took firmer hold. Uh, that is firmer hold. The newly rich indulged in the luxuries of the East. Wealth became the basis of respectability, and vulgar display became the evidence of wealth. Pleasure-seeking, extravagance, corruption, and vice steadily undermined the virtues on which the Roman state had been built. I think I'll interject a, a commentary uh, as a as a case in point. In 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 ancient Greece, um, in in um, Sparta in particular, but certainly also in Athens, and 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 elsewhere, um, there was the practice of pederasty. This is sodomy. Uh, it was, but it it uh, it involved older men and boys, and it was a, a a structured institution, you might say, that had from their vantage point a, 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 a benefit, a military benefit. Uh, because of of a bonding that took place. So, pederasty, not nice, but uh, considered nice by the ancient Greeks. But homosexuality, uh, you know, the uh, the kind that we, we know today, really did not take place in, in, in ancient Greece. That is, it might have taken place, that is, between an adult man and adult an adult man, okay? But it was looked down upon. When we get to this period in, in Rome, um, no distinction is made. Sodomy is, becomes, you might say, almost rampant. Okay, going on with some commentary from uh, from the uh, from the authors uh, about this uh, depravity that's that's taking place. Many Americans, mindful of this catalog of weaknesses in the Roman Republic, have drawn parallels with present-day conditions in the United States. The decline of democracy and the tendency to one-man rule, the influence of wealth and materialism on our manners and morals, bribery and graft in other forms and and other forms of political corruption, organized boss rule in large cities, class struggle, which in its modern aspect is a contest between capital and labor, industrial despots, and industrial slaves, poverty and unemployment, the decline of agriculture, politicians seeking power by offering not bread and, gra- bread and games, 
but doles and cash bonuses. All these conditions cause grave concern among thoughtful persons. So these uh, two professors uh, writing in the 1930s for a publication for uh, 1936, this is, they're, they're drawing a parallel between America at, at that time and ancient Rome. Okay. Uh, more concerning that parallel. Rome had her quote-unquote forgotten man. And this, this, this is a, a term uh, if, if not coined by certainly owned by uh, or, or attributed to um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, who had a concern for the you know the the American he called the forgotten man who was largely responsible for her downfall. Rome had had her forgotten man who was largely responsible for her downfall. Um, she also had her reformers who made a beginning in a program for social justice. But in drawing parallels, we must not overlook certain hopeful differences differences between the two countries uh, in political, economic, and social conditions. Among the most important of these differences, perhaps, are the large middle class uh, uh, in our own country, our flexible government under the Constitution. Uh, Rome did not have much of a Constitution. A growing recognition of dangers by our business and political leaders and a genuine interest in social welfare by the masses of our most intelligent and influential citizens. Uh, even so, Rome's experiences are suggestive to all sober-minded uh, people today. So these, these writers are writing at, at, at about the time of the uh, National Labor Relations uh, uh, Law. Uh, designed to you know, protect protect labor unions and basically protect uh, uh, um, workers uh, from the oppression of of, uh, of 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 industry, big industry. Okay, um, we're now in in section two of the chapter, the beginning of a century of revolution. Uh, topic, Attempts at Reform by Gracchi. The century from 133 to 27 BC, a century of revolution, saw repeated attempts to save the declining Roman Republic. This period of revolution was opened by a noble named Tiberius Gracchus. As tribune of the people, he hoped to save the state by rebuilding the middle class through land laws. His proposal was that the public lands, which, uh, which uh, corrupt politics had put in the hands of the rich, should be reclaimed by the state and parceled out in small estates to the poor, thus giving 
to the to to the city rabble an opportunity out on this work. <clears throat> the reform measure was carried, but only mean by means of arbitrary and unlawful tactics, which encouraged the opponents of Tiberius to use similar methods. To escape impeachment, he sought, contrary to the Constitution, to be re-elected tribune. But he and 300 followers killed by a crowd of senators in a riot on election day. Nine years later, the reform movement was resumed by Caius Gracchus, the younger brother of Tiberius. Caius had a more radical plan than his brother, involving both political and economic reform. Caius hoped to break the power of the Senate by increasing that of the equestrian order and winning this wealthy class, that is the equities uh, I mentioned, um, the nouveau rich, 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 I would call them. And, and uh, oh, nouveau rich, I guess that it would be. Um, and winning this wealthy class uh, of, of businessmen over to his support. In his efforts at economic reform, he renewed his brother's land laws, he built roads and public storehouses for grain, uh, he provided a monthly sale of grain to citizens at half the market or le- uh, market price or less. He planned the founding of colonies in the waste portions of Italy and on the old site of Carthage, allowing the colonists to retain the full rights of Roman citizens. Caius was re-elected tribune, but when his proposal to extend the full rights of citizens to the Latins and Italians was, was defeated, that is, these are people outside of Rome, his popularity began to decline. Moved by a political trick of generous promises on the part of the Senate, the fickle city mob deserted Caius, and he was defeated when he stood for election uh, uh, to a third term. In rioting, which the Senate stirred up later, he and 3,000 of his followers were killed. And, and the author's comment here, if in our day a British or American cabinet officer who advocated reform should be assassinated by legislators, not only would we be shocked at the outrage, but we might lose our faith in Congress or Parliament. What must the Romans have felt when their senators engaged in, in assassinations? Caius Gracchus Uh, had thought out his legislative program with the skill of a statesman. Most of his proposals were sound, but his statesmanship was mixed with a passion for revenge. The removal of the Gracchi restored the Senate to power. Once more, the senators were free to pursue their corrupt and inefficient administration but they never regained their former position of independence. The people were now conscious of their own strength, 
and the Senate had to cater to the rabble. Besides, the Senate found uh, found its lead, found its its leadership contested by a new rival, the army. Government by the Senate gradually gave way to government by the general, and self-seeking military leaders brought uh, to the Roman state a century of intermittent civil war. The Roman Republican government had failed. Okay, a little more. This is uh, section three of the chapter, Trend Toward One-Man Rule. Marius makes himself a military dictator. It was Gaius, not Caius, but Gaius Marius, who laid the military foundation for a new Roman government. He had risen to the consulship uh, from the plebeian ranks, from the Plebeian ranks. While consul, he became the most popular and most influential man in Rome by his victory in the the Jergothine War. Jugurtha was an ambitious prince of Numidia, a country in northern Africa allied to Rome. In insolent defiance of Roman government, he had made himself king of Numidia. He escaped punishment by bribing a Roman investigating committee, a council, and the Senate. The Roman people, outraged by the inefficiency and corruption of the Senate, seized control of the army, elected Marius consul, and placed him in military command. Marius soon soon ended the war. Then he was re-elected consul, although legally a consul could not succeed himself. Because the state was threatened by German tribes, well, that was the, the exception, the exceptional situation. Uh, that he took advantage of that. Uh, because the state was threatened by German tribes, the, the Cimbri and the Teutons, Teutons he, who had left their northern lands and had entered Italy, in search of new homes. Marius, okay, let's go back. Then he was re-elected council, okay, because normally this is illegal, because the state was threatened by German tribes, the Sembri and the Teutons, who had left their northern lands and had entered Italy in, in search of new homes. Marius dealt these Germans a crushing defeat. So there was a tradition that the, the, the councils, the two councils uh, who became the leaders of the Republic, that is back when the, um, the Rome moved from a Republic, moved from a kingdom uh, in, in the sixth century, to a republic, leadership was in the hand uh, of, of two councils who were checked against each other, who were advised by the Senate. And the tradition was that at, 
time at the time of war there would be a dictator who would become the leader the commander in chief the councils no longer uh, were no longer rulers so he uh, based what he did on, on that tradition <clears throat> well, the, the, the Senate did that he, he was re-elected council because the state was threatened by the German tribes the Cimbri and the Teutons who had left their northern lands and had entered Italy in search of new homes Marius dealt these Germans a crushing defeat thus a soldier became the quote-unquote savior of Rome the trend was now toward military monarchy, but although Marius had saved the state from the danger of invasion, he could not save it from its internal dangers. He was not equal to a situation which called for a statesman. Although elected council six times, he failed as a political leader, lost his popularity, and went into retirement. The Senate thus regained its power and found a leader in, 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 in Sulla, uh, S-U-L-L-A, an aristocrat, an aristocrat who had won renown as a successful general in the social war. The social war took place uh, in about, let's say, 110 uh, no, let's, I think I can get the dates. I have a timeline here. The social war. So we have the the war with Jugurtha. That was 112 to 106 BC. And then the first consulship of Gaius Marius was 107. So... All right, so the social war was took place 90 to 89 BC. And because of his leadership in that war, uh, Sulla uh, came, came to power. <clears throat> and uh, he, he marks the movement of the military uh, toward military leadership of, of Rome. The social war, and, I'm, and, and, and we're ending here, the social war was a war between, between Rome and neighboring uh, uh, autonomous uh, um, Italian, uh, Italian states or Italian cities. Um, who I think part of it had to do with uh, they were simply taking advantage of, a, of, of, of what was uh, happening in, in Rome, um, the, the undoing of things, and they resented not uh, having citizenship. And so that was... Uh, uh, that was that was one of the provocations. But in any event, we'll we'll talk more about this, and and we will end here.
and let me see if I have in the so we, we end here and we and we we're moving toward um, um, Pompeii and Julius Caesar and uh, and, and and Augustus. Um, um, so when we get to Julius Caesar is, is, is assassinated in, in 44 BC and in, in the person of uh, Augustus Caesar, we have the Roman Empire led by an emperor, uh, in, in fact. So that, that uh, is what we will do next time. Let's see if I have uh, any, any uh, visitors. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, uh, Samuel is, is did not uh, did not uh, log in. So we will end here, uh, and uh, I, I thank you for your your time and and your uh, forbearance with uh, uh, my confusing um, delivery. And and again, um, you can you can go to the Facebook page. Uh, Harlem University Radio, and and you will find there a link to the Anchor podcast, and uh, this this broadcast should be uploaded in, in in a few days. But if you if you were to go to that to that uh, um, go to the page um, tonight, uh, you would be able to get to get to the um, to the podcast and, and see a list of, uh, of uh, pre- previous shows. All right. So again, uh, thank you very much. And um, with that, um, shalom, salam, so long.